Welcome to Life Study of the Bible with Witness Lee, a program provided by Living Stream Ministry. During his ministry, Witness Lee emphasized the experience of Christ as life and the practical oneness of the believers. He was unbending in his conviction that God's goal is the body of Christ. Through his messages, he stressed the importance for us to grow in life and to function as Christians so that the body can build itself up. We're happy to bring you recorded portions from his ministry today, along with some of our own thoughts. And we welcome your comments and questions. You can reach us toll free at 888-LIFE-STUDY. That's 888-543-3788. Now let's join today's program. We're coming again to Hebrews today and this marvelous portion of God speaking in the sun. And Francis Ball has joined us today as we look at the book of Hebrews, welcome to the Life Study of Hebrews, Francis. Thank you very much. I'm anxious to get into this book. Francis, this book of Hebrews is becoming a new book to us, I think, in this Life Study. I believe it's fair to say that, and I'm glad that you're here to be a part of it. Francis, God is mysterious, and this book of the New Testament, Hebrews, is mysterious as well. But God does not desire to remain a mystery to his created vessels, does he? Let me ask you as we begin today, how has he chosen to unveil this mystery to mankind? Well, I certainly agree, Chris, that God is mysterious. He is invisible. Even John says no man has ever seen God. And also uh, Paul mentions the same thing. He said, confessedly, great is the mystery of godliness. But both of these writers also let us know that God can be known. First of all, John says, the only begotten Son has declared him. And Paul says, he was manifested in the flesh. So this mysterious God has been incarnated. He has come in the flesh. He has come in a visible way to make this mysterious God known. God became a man, Jesus Christ. So this is one way which God has chosen to unveil this mystery to mankind, that is, by coming into mankind, and also by his speaking. And the main thing we're emphasizing today is that God is speaking. God has spoken. By the time, however, that the book of Hebrews was written, the incarnated God had gone to the cross, died, been resurrected, and had become the life-giving spirit. God is invisible, but this invisible and mysterious God unveiled this mystery both by his incarnation and after he became the Spirit. How did he reveal himself then? He did it by speaking. He did unveil himself and his mysterious existence by his speaking. In Hebrews 1.1, It says, God, having spoken of old in many portions and in many ways to the fathers in the prophets, has in the last of these days spoken to us in the Son. In his creation and in his work, he is still mysterious, but he has unveiled himself to us humans by his speaking. Christ came to speak. He spoke through many people before he came to speak himself. 
His history is a history of speaking. Our God is a speaking God. That's how we know him, because he speaks. Thank you, Francis. That's a marvelous introduction. And we have, we believe, the speaking of the Son as these messages from Hebrews are unveiled to us in these coming days. Let's join today's life study with Witness Lee. Without the divine speaking, God is unknown. God is mysterious. But our God is no more mysterious. Our God is no more a mystery. He does have a history. And his history is just a speaking story. Firstly, in the Bible, you can see God spoke through Abraham. Even earlier than Abraham, God spoke through Noah. Even earlier than Noah, God spoke through Enoch. And then God spoke through so many children. Some of them are priests, some of them are kings, and some of them are prophets. Regardless whether they are kings or prophets, all of them are prophets motivated by God speaking. After so much speaking, to my realization that God probably would say, uh-huh, regardless how much you can be used for me to speak, yet the speaking is not sufficient. The speaking is not adequate. So, I myself have to come. And he came. He came in the person of the Son. What does this mean? This simply means the Son is not something different from God the Father. The prophets were some people different from God. But you cannot consider the Son different from God. Why? Because in verse 2 it says, God spoke to us in the Son. Then in verse 8 it says, But as to the Son, your throne, O God. It's wonderful. Amen. Firstly, it says, God spoke in the prophets. Then it speaks, God spoke in the Son. And eventually it says, the Son is God. And this shows God speaks in himself. And he's speaking not only with the clear word. Even his speaking was also with outward. Jesus spoke with the word as well as without the word. He did a lot of things. 
in those things, he didn't speak so much. But whatever he did was his speaking. When he was on this earth, so many just could sit in front of him. He didn't scare anyone. Rather, he attracted everyone. Why? Because he didn't come in the form or in the person of the Father, but in the form, in the person of the Son. Don't consider the Son is another God. We don't have two gods, do we? We won't have one unique God. Only one God. And this God, when he was there in the place, where we could not approach, surely he was the one with glory, the one with majesty. But when he came to us, he came in a form that would never scare. Rather, it would attract us. That was the sin. He came to speak to us in the sun. What a profound utterance. God speaking in the sun is just God speaking in himself. But his speaking to us as God, the almighty creator, is quite a bit harder for us to receive, isn't it, Francis? Yes, I'd say so. We've seen now God spoke in times past through many ways. But all these ways speaking in the prophets, speaking through different ones, even, as Brother Lee said, speaking in a farmer. These were not entirely adequate for what God wants to speak. So the time came when he had to speak to people directly by himself. But he couldn't come in the form of the Father because the Father is a Father of glory, and he's the Father of greatness, and he's the Father of majesty. If he came directly to man as the father of glory, of greatness, and of majesty, we would all be scared away. So he came in the Son, not as another God. We only have one unique God. This God came to speak to us in the Son. He is lowly, approachable, loving, attractive, easy to listen to. God came to us as the speaking Son. He is the speaking part of the Godhead. Hallelujah. He is still speaking in the Son. Francis, let's go back to more of today's life study with Witness Lee. Let me say it this way. Try your best to understand, not your best to misunderstand. When the Father comes to speak, He is the Son. When the Son speaks, He is the Spirit. He is the speaking God. When he comes to speak, he doesn't do this in the form of glory. He doesn't do this in the form of greatness. He doesn't do this in the form of majesty. He does this in the form of his son. And when the son speaks, right away, he is the spirit. This spirit is the spirit of the Son. And this means this spirit is the reality of the Son. When the spirit comes into you, you have the spirit as well as the Son. When you have the Son, you have the Father. 
in the book of Revelation, the Son is the speaking spirit. And today, the Son speaks. When the Son speaks, the Spirit speaks to the churches. The more we are in the churches, the more we hear His speaking. Eventually, by his speaking, the churches will be what? Will be just one with him. And eventually, the Spirit speaks with the bride. The Spirit and the bride say, come. Eventually what? Eventually, God is in the sun. And the Son is the speaking spirit, and the speaking spirit is just one with the church. Isn't this wonderful? I tell you, this is the history of our God. And this history is just a speaking story. And this is the story recorded in the Bible. The whole Bible is a history of God. Tell me how he created the creations by speaking. How he contacted humanity in the Old Testament time by speaking in the prophets. How he came to the humankind in the New Testament he by speaking in sin. By speaking in the person of the Son. How he comes into the churches by speaking as the speaking spirit. How he makes himself one with the churches by speaking as the speaking spirit. And eventually, this speaking story not only consists himself, but also all the churches. Amen. What are we doing here? Meeting after meeting, day by day, it is all together a speaking story. Amen. We are speaking here. We are doing nothing but speaking. Amen. By this speaking, God is transfused into people. God is infused into people. It is by this speaking, so many human beings will be infused with the divine element and will be saturated with the divine element. Hallelujah. Here we have the church life. This is God speaking. This is the right essence of this book to the Hebrews. Francis, this was another marvelous word. God speaking is the Son's speaking in us, and the Son speaking is just the Spirit. Let me ask you to develop this thought, but include, if you would, something regarding the point that God uses this speaking to infuse or transfuse himself into his people. This is a very crucial point, Chris. And it's a point that has been missed by many dear believers and even Bible teachers. Brother Lee has pointed out many times in many portions of the word this very matter. That is that God speaking in the Son. The words the Lord Jesus spoke then, he said to his disciples, The words I speak unto you, they are spirit 
and they are life. Christ himself is called the Word of God. When he speaks, his Word becomes spirit. This is so important because God's intention is to transfuse and to infuse himself into us. For him to infuse and dispense himself into us, he must be the Spirit. So when his Word, that is, his speaking, comes to us, it comes to us as his Word, but when he speaks it, it is Spirit and it is life. It's not doctrine and teaching but is the very transfusion of God himself into our spirit, making our spirit life. Oh, it's wonderful that we could receive God's speaking, not just as thought or teaching, but as spirit and as life. If we hear this speaking by using our receiving organ, which is our spirit, we get life, the divine life. The very element of Christ himself is dispensed into us. This kind of dispensing speaking will enliven us and transform us into the image of the Son of God. In this message, Brother Lee's pointed out how this speaking of the Son, Christ, to the seven churches in Revelation 2 and 3 is ultimately the Spirit speaking to the churches. Revelation 2 and 3 says seven times over, He that has an ear, let him hear what the Spirit is speaking to the churches. For this hearing, we need to be in the churches. By Christ speaking, he makes himself one with the churches. And when he speaks to us, each individually, he's making himself one with us. Christ is the Word, but when he speaks, he is the Spirit, to get into our spirit. Francis, I know as believers... Probably I speak for most believers listening that we come to the Word and different times we experience or touch the Word in different ways. Sometimes we're educated, sometimes we're maybe entertained, but sometimes we touch something and we get not just the Word on the page, but we really experience this speaking of God in our being. And the unveiling today in the ministry and your sharing has provided a much more profound understanding of what that speaking is really conveying. It's really bringing God himself into us. Is that correct? Yes, and I would hope more and more of God's dear children could realize that God's speaking with the Word of God as spirit and life is to infuse the very element of God himself into us. That's marvelous. Let's go back to Witness Lee for the conclusion of our life study today. Now we come to the center. Hallelujah. He is wonderful. It says, God spoke to us in these last days in sin. And this sin is the effulgence of God's glory. Let me check with you. Could you divide, could you separate the effulgence of the glory? This is just to separate the shining of the sun. Could you separate the shining of the ray, rays of the sun? You cannot. You cannot separate the shining from the rays. The light is the effulgence of the glory. You should never consider that the sun is separate from God. 
No. The sin is just the expression of God Himself. Some even so-called Christians, they say they don't believe that Christ is God. That is ridiculous. That is the biggest blasphemy to the Lord Jesus. Our Lord is God Himself. So, here it says, He is effulgence of the glory of God. Then, He's also the express image of the substance of God. The glory is the outward expression. The substance is the inward essence. The Greek word, image, means a seal, a stamp. The seal has an image. When you press the seal upon the paper, on the paper, right away, you have the same express of image. The Lord Jesus is the impress of God's substance. This simply means the Lord Jesus is God coming to you. When I hold the seal in my hand, this is the seal. When I put the seal upon you, that means the seal comes to you. When God comes to you, he is Christ. He is the seal. He is the impress. Our Christ is simply our God reaching us. How could the Son, as you would, reach us? By his rays. With the shining Amen. during the noon time. If you say there's no sin, as you would, you better get out and stand on the street for 15 minutes. It burn you. Because the shining of the rays of the sun reaches you. That means what? That means the sun reaches you. So who is the sun? The sun is just God reaching us. Just God to be one with us. Jesus, the Son of God, is simply God himself reaching us. God himself coming into us. This is our salvation. Later on in chapter 2, we will see so great a salvation. Francis, this verse in Hebrews 1 regarding the effulgence of his glory is one of those that sounds quite lofty and spiritual. And it may seem that we could never get a real understanding of this kind of verse. But I thought the illustration of the rays of sunlight being the sun reaching us was really marvelous. Please tell us again, how does God reach us? It's really wonderful, you know, because without this kind of illustration, it's hard for us to realize how is God reaching us. We know that he sent his only begotten son and that Christ lived among us, but we're not just talking about him being among us. We're talking about reaching us, reaching us into our inmost being. It's just like uh, he uses this illustration 
of a sun with the rays. You know, when you hear of somebody taking a sun bath, you know that they're not going up to the sun to get into the sun itself, of course, but they are in the rays of the sun. Its rays are imparting the sun into a person, and the color of his skin changes. And uh, a lot of things happen when a person gets in those rays. It's much like this with God. He is speaking to us to convey himself into us. And he's coming to us in his word as the spirit to impart himself into us. He is not just someone off in the distance, but he's now reaching us. The same God who's there in the glory is reaching us by the rays of his presence coming to us in his word. Uh, We mean that under the rays of the sun, the rays are shining of the sun, penetrates the sun's element into us. Uh, This is how we are burned by Christ's shining, which which reaches us and penetrates us with his glory. So just uh, that same way, Christ is God himself. The sun is just God reaching us. You know, Francis, when Ron Kangas was here, we were talking about how we were going to be coming to the book of Hebrews, and it came out that many, many Christians, and I know you've been a Christian for many, many, many years, but many Christians uh, somewhat shy away from this book because of its mysterious characteristics. So many believers are a little reluctant to dive into it with the same uh, energy that they would attack, say, the book of John or even Romans. But given a few keys... What opens up here is just tremendous, and I think we agree that in this ministry we're being given these keys. It's really marvelous. Yes, that is true. To see this book, we have to see what is God's economy. God's economy is to put himself into man, to duplicate himself in man, just by imparting his very nature, his very element, his very life into man. Wonderful. I appreciate your being here today, Francis. This uh, was very enjoyable. Thank you very much. We're happy to send these Life Study messages to you when you contact us through our toll-free telephone number, and that is 1-888-LIFE-STUDY. That's 888-543-3788. We'll be glad to send that along to you, or you can request it by mail. And our mailing address is Living Stream Ministry, Post Office Box 2121, Anaheim, California, 92814. And you can send your email to radio at lsm. I'm Chris Wilde. Thank you for listening. We'll be back with another live study of Hebrews with Witness Lee. Are you enjoying this program online or on a smartphone right now? Did you know there's much more from Living Stream Ministry that you can carry with you? Go to lsm.org slash ePublications to discover all that we have available for your tablet, e-reader, or smartphone. We support Kindle, Nook, iSilo, and ePub formats, which means you can read this ministry on any PC, Mac, Android, Palm, Blackberry, Sony, or Linux device. Everything from the recovery version of the Bible to the complete life study messages and a vast array of other titles by Witness Lee and Watchman Nee are now just a touch away. The Word of God is rich and weighty, but now you can take it with you wherever you go. Again, the website, lsm.org slash 
ePublications. Thanks for listening today.